Are you passionate about barbecue? Do you love the sights, the smells, the sounds, the heat? Well, if you said yes, you came to the right place. Join me on my competitive barbecue journey as I share tips, tricks, timelines, and techniques to help you reach your barbecue dreams. My name is Kurt Mueller. I'm the pitmaster of Atomic City Smokers, and it's no secret I am an absolute barbecue fanatic. I enjoy helping others and have had so many wonderful people help me on my barbecue journey. I decided I would create this podcast to help others compete on the pro circuit or become the king of their backyard barbecue. This is Barbecue for Newbies. All right, welcome into today's show. Joined by Phil Breeden with LC Barbecue. He's out of Bandera, Texas, which is about an hour from San Antonio. Phil, thanks for joining us. Hey, glad glad to be here. Thanks, Kurt. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. So Phil is fresh off the American Royal last weekend, as I'm sure a lot of teams are. So we're definitely going to dive in that here today. But as we always do, we always start with journey. It's a fascinating thing for me and I think our listeners as well. But educate us, Phil. So what's when did, when did this barbecue journey start for you? <laughs> So for me, it started in 2014, really it started, and I did my first competition in 2015, January of 2015. Um, 2014, I'd been out at the deer lease in the fall, cooking a lot, you know, we, we got 20, 25 people there, so offset smoker, we're always cooking something, and and I enjoy cooking and feeding people, and a buddy that was hanging out with me goes, man, this is delicious, you should do a competition, and I said, what is that? And he goes, well, they have barbecue competitions. I'm like, really? And uh, he goes, yeah, there's one um, There's one in January. I'll get the info. I said, okay, sounds cool. And that's kind of how I got started. I went and did that cook-off a few months later. That was my first one. There was 19 teams. Yeah, and I didn't really know what to expect. A lot of unknowns. It was fresh to me as far as the competition world. We got boxes and tickets to keep up with. And now I'm like, you know, soaking all this in, trying to figure it out. Chicken, ribs, and brisket was was that comp, and they only called it was a Go Texan event. They only called the top three, and you know we went to awards. Had a great cook. Obviously, the best barbecue that God has ever created on this earth was made that day by us. So <laughs> we're high <laughs> hopes, and um, and they start calling chicken third, second. I get the first, not me. <laughs> <laughs> But then they moved on to ribs and they did third and second and first was not me. <laughs> and, you know, we got brisket to go and I'm like, man, I don't know about this whole competition gig. I think they got it wrong and maybe we should go fishing next week. And man, they called third and second. They got the first brisket and it was me. So that probably changed the course of the, the past uh, eight or nine years for me, <laughs> hitting first place brisket at that first comp. You know, the hook was set and man, I was both feet in right out of the gates, you know, just eating up with it. So yeah, I started off doing about a dozen comps a year, you know, roughly 2015, 2016, 2017. And I did well, several grands, several reserves, a lot of success. And in 2018, in January, I went and cooked Hold'em and Hit'em. It's a, it's a cook-off near Houston. And uh, I did real well there. And I went the next weekend, I don't remember where. And I went the next weekend, I don't remember where. Well, Lo and behold, I ended up cooking 50 cook-offs in 2018. So I guess 2018 is when it got got super serious to where, man, I was just cooking all the time. And man, that's all I really wanted to do is just, just cook, 
And, you know, I had created this chicken injection from when I started. I don't really, you know, a couple of years before then. And that's what I was using for my chicken injection and doing really well, man. I was, I forget how many first place I had, but it was a ton. So the thoughts in 2018 were, man, I wonder if I can put this in a package and sell it. And at the time, I had no clue how to do that. I reached out to some friends in the barbecue world. Dennis Butterworth was very helpful in that. Got hooked up with the right people and, and figured out how to put that product in a package and sell it. And, and that product was foul play. And that was our first product that LC Barbecue released in 2018. It was in July of 2018. So LC Barbecue was born then. <laughs> and so transition now or fast forward from 2018 to four years later, we find you with not only a chicken injection, but you've got a complete offering of rubs and injections, the whole nine yards, right? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, after foul play was such a huge success, it immediately made it harder for me to win first place chicken because, you know, man, 75% of the field was using it. <laughs> so right. the weapon was out, which was great. I mean, um, and it's awesome to see other people win with your products. You know, it's a proud feeling. Anytime somebody has enough confidence in our world to use your products with the thousands of products that are out there, so the mindset after that was, uh, you know, naturally, and it wasn't immediate. It was, it was uh, later in, you know, probably three or four months later, I'm like, well, what's next? Well, you better get to work and develop more products if you want a full line of products. Right. And I went to work on a brisket injection and we released our second product is Playbull, uh, followed by like six months later, Boss Hog, our pork injection. Fast forward, I think the next one I came out with another year later was Angry Bull, another brisket injection. And man, I probably get that question more than anything is what's the difference between your two brisket injections? When I was developing Play Bull, man, I was on the fence between those two. They were so good, but they were different. And I ended up releasing Angry Bull and I cooked it for all of 2018, 19, maybe. I don't remember. I used it for a year. And I think I was second overall in IBCA that year. No, I told you, I told you wrong. Label was the first brisket I released. And you know, I, I knew I had that other one. So fast forward later, and I'm like, man, that one's great too. So I ended up releasing Angry Bull. And the difference between the two, Play Bull actually has more going on. I recommend Play Bull for prime briskets or choice or something that you really need to bring home and kind of help that brisket out. And Angry Bull is more of a, a compliment you know, that I suggest using with Wagyu that doesn't need as much help. You know, you're just trying to accent to me around the corners and not really throw it in their face. So you got two avenues with brisket injections was, was the thought process there and the explanation between the two. Then we followed that up with hen drench, which is our brine, chicken brine or, you know, poultry, what have you, uh, works great on turkey too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of ran it at the roll this year and every other year that I, that I've cooked it. So after that, uh, Rawhide was the next product. So, you know, the mindset was, man, I feel pretty good with what we got going on injection-wise. Let's get into the rub world, which to me is not as exciting just because, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost overly saturated. But, man, I, I, there's millions of combinations of how you can do blends. So there will never be an end to it. But um, I did want a full line of products. So I thought I would start out with an all-purpose, which became Rawhide. And I really underestimated how successful that product is or how important it is. It's a base layer on everything I cook. So it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the base. It's the, 
it's the platform that gets my meats off the ground and makes them do what they do. And at the house, man, we use that in everything we cook, damn near. So uh, followed by certified, which is our chicken and pork uh, rub. And then in 20, uh, my COVID creation was last call. Mm -hmm. We like on beef and chicken. It's really great on steaks. You know, raw hide last call makes a great steak. And then, um, man, this summer, uh, I released Butthurt, which is our second pork injection. And again, similar along the lines of our brisket injections, of having two, two options. Man, you know how cooks are. They're always looking for the, for the next best thing. And that doesn't mean it can't be within the same product line. You know, if they're not using Balsog, man, I hope they're using Butthurt, right? I've got two great options for these cooks that maybe work with their program. Um, and I've had a lot of success with Butthurt this year. So uh, I think I rounded out all nine products, I think. <laughs> sure. And man, we've got, I've got four or five products that I've been working on. I just don't get them released fast. <laughs> they're never released until... I'm satisfied. <laughs> That's right. Which is, which I'm sure is, is hard to do. Like you said, you know, a lot of cooks are always looking for the next best thing, you know, the shiny bells and whistles, and it, it can be hard sometimes to, to focus, but clearly you found a way to focus. I mean, you talked about 2014 where, you know, you were just cooking in the backyard. Somebody said, Hey, let's go compete. You did, you know, you got bit by the bug, the competition bug, so to speak. And then fast forward, you know, eight years, it's not only are you competing at a high level, but you're also have, you know, offering full lines of, you know, rubs and injections. And while we're on the topic, where, so where can listeners buy this stuff? Where, what, what's your website? What's your website address? Yeah, our website is lcbbqshop.com. We ship daily. We ship all over the world. Um, so that's a great avenue for people that wanted to come straight to their front door. Um, and we're also in about you know, 40, 45 retailers nationwide, um, you know, your, your major barbecue retailers specifically, most of them. And if you guys have somewhere you buy from and we, we're not in your store and ask your folks to reach out to us, we would love to be in there. So that's typically how we've gotten into all the stores that we're in is by, you know, a cook going, Hey, do you have this? And then uh, the more you ask, they'll reach out to us and, and we're happy to to get into those stores um, to uh, expand and, and grow the foot, footprint. That's exactly right. So tell us about LC Barbecue. What does the LC stand for? Yeah, so I guess I skipped that part. Back way back, fast forward back to 2015, that first cook-off. <laughs> well, and, and that's how much I knew about cook-offs. You know, my buddies were like, hey, you got to have a team name. And I'm like, okay, like Phil Breeden? Like, no, man, it's got to be a cool name and something about barbecue. I don't know. And I'm like, man, I ain't got any idea. Well, you know, when we were cooking at the deer camp, you know, me and my buddy Rob Rogers, shit, we, we were cooking one day and we were, I don't remember what we were cooking, but one of the guys brought up a bunch of ribs. And, um, and so I was going to cook these ribs and he already had them seasoned and everything. And then he goes, uh, but man, why don't y'all do it? Because we have been cooking a lot and everything for us turned out. And he goes, yeah, no problem. So we we got the ribs and we took them into to the camp and we <laughs> rinsed them off and <laughs> start over. <laughs> And we were digging through the cabinets, <laughs> looking for something to see because we weren't really prepared to do that that day. And sure. and we we found three or four shakers, and we're taking. Oh yeah, this will work, man. This is a pretty good one. This is this will make this come out. And it was a little shaker, and it was some oil filled rub that had you know apparently some company had got 
got some spice company to put them together. Some, I guess, promotional stuff to give out to their, and I have no idea, but it was called, um, Panther. It was Panther construction or something. And this Panther going across the label. And so when we, we cooked those ribs and, and it was the best thing anybody had ever ate and there, oh, man, what y'all use on this? Can we go ahead? Just Panther. And they were like, Okay, I don't know what that is. <laughs> so we kind of choked about it. Well, that's the name that I, I we ended up calling ourselves just Panther that first cook-off, which is probably the worst name ever. It was really funny if you knew the background. It was really stupid if you didn't. <laughs> so the next cook-off, man, a lot of my buddies call me the leprechaun or whatever. I don't know why, but they do. And they said, man, it should be Lucky Charms. And I'm like, man, I kind of like that. So, man, I ran with it. So the second cook-off, I was Lucky Charms. And the next... I don't know, a couple hundred, I was Lucky Charms. Nah, maybe not that. Yeah, about. So fast forward to 2018, you know, being there was a, a pretty big kid on the block called General Mills, I, I didn't think that was a wise idea to go head to head with that. I really didn't want to mooch it off of me because I figured I'd surpass him at some point. <laughs> so, yeah. Long story short, we have, uh, ended up abbreviating that's so Lucky Charms become LC Barbecue. And there you go. We just figured out the LC mystery. I love it. Yeah, so I cooked it. I cooked as as Lucky Charms up until, and I think it was around March or April of just last year. So if you look at like my KCBS record before that, it's under Lucky Charms or whatever. It was Gadsden, Alabama, when it was the first cookoff, um, KCBS cookoff that I cooked as LC Barbecue, and it's been LC Barbecue ever since. So talk to us about Texas barbecue. And I bring this up because you're the second guest we've had on the show that is from Texas, you know, that grew up cooking in Texas and Texas barbecue is one of a kind, right? It's um, there's a reason they call it the barbecue trail in Texas. And I don't know of any other place that has a barbecue trail. So, <laughs> but help our listeners understand just a little bit better about, you know, what, what is Texas barbecue? One. And then secondly, how do you separate in a very, very competitive field in a state like Texas? Hmm. That's a good question. You know, it's almost like Texas against the rest of the world. You know, Texas is huge. I, I, I don't know how many cookers we have, how many teams we have here, but um, I think we had, I heard maybe 70 or 80 at the roll, you know, as the number I heard without counting them out of 500 and something teams. So, man, almost, what is that, 15%? or so 15, 20% almost were from Texas. And that's just the ones that went, you know, there's, it feels like thousands of really good teams in Texas, but Texas barbecue is a little different, especially when it comes to competition because uh, KCBS doesn't have a large presence in Texas, Texas barbecue. When we talk about traditional or any, you know, to go that route, beef is King, you know, brisket's King. It's, it's simpler. Typically if you go to restaurants and it's, it's Texas barbecue, Salt, pepper, good smoke, cooked tender, super moist, and it's, it's it's simple. Not heavy on the sauce. It's optional. Some people like it. Some people don't. Fast forward to Texas competition barbecue, and it's a lot similar to the, to the to the rest of the nation. You know, it's a one bite wonder. We're still kind of being judged on the same criteria at the end of the day, and you got one shot to impress that judge. So I think a lot of the flavors in competition are similar. In Texas, you know, when I cook KCBS, man, I cook the same thing in Texas that I do in Kansas City for me, but it's not necessarily, I wouldn't call it Texas barbecue, right? Right. It's a little bit more souped up or, or, um, or the competition style with the injections, sauce, whatnot. 
Um, how do I separate myself? Man, I feel like I grind harder than anybody else. I'm out there as much or more than anybody else. And I just work really hard at it, man. Um, you know, I, I know I'm not going to win every contest, but I do want to skew the odds in my favor to win more than the next guy. That's my approach. Put a lot of heart and detail into it and, um, you know, roll with the punches. I always say in my classes that, man, it's real easy to win. You know, you can hold trophies up and smile and, man, nobody's bad at that. But before you can learn how to win, you got to learn how to lose. And lose, it's hard in competition barbecue. It's hard for me. I don't know many people it's not hard for. Some people talk about it. Some people don't. But, man, I know if I don't have the results I wanted to cook off, man, they're not nearly as hard on me as they used to be. You know, early on, take that first year, I think it was, you know, almost eight or nine months in before I, I cooked a contest that I didn't walk in. And, man, I wanted to, I just wanted to go just like get in the closet and shut the door for a week. <laughs> it was the end of the right. world, you know? So I had to work through all that stuff and make sense in my brain. You know, I do a cook off. I'll analyze my cook. You know, I know what I turned in, whether it was good or not. The results either make sense or they don't. And a lot of times they do. Most of the time they do. So I take that and I just try to learn for it and move move forward in my next cook. I always try to take something out of a cook positively, whether I did good or bad, and use that to move forward. I love it. So you've mentioned a couple of different sanctioning bodies. And, you know, Texas has more cooks than anybody else. I think Texas also has more sanctioning bodies than any other state that I've that I've seen. So KCBS, I know, is relatively new on the scene in Texas. Uh, and again, for our listeners, that's Kansas City Barbecue Society. But you also mentioned another one, IBCA, which I know has been around a while. Uh, and most recently, I've seen, in fact, uh, a, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Bill Purvis, uh, chatted about the CBA. So let's camp out on those, if we can, just for a second. The IBCA, I know, is, is a big, big organization in Texas. What's the difference between IBCA, CBA, and KCBS? Okay, so I think most listeners are probably familiar with KCBS, right? You turn in six pieces, you got chicken, ribs, pork, and brisket. You need at least six individual pieces for the judge. Garnish is not required, but you and I both know uh, I don't really know any teams that don't turn in garnish. And, right. you know, there, there have been teams that do and walked and this and that, but probably not a good idea in general. Um, in Texas, all the sanctioned bodies in Texas, which I think I can think of like maybe five, but we'll go over those. Uh, none of them allow garnish. IBCA, it's a piece of full flat in the bottom of the box. CBA, a piece of full flat in the bottom of the box. Lone Star Barbecue Society, a piece of full laid flat in, in, in the bottom. There's also um, CTBA, Central Texas Barbecue. I might have said that wrong. I think Danny Mikes is uh, maybe the president of that or involved with that. I've never cooked one. Um, they don't have a whole lot of contests per year. I think maybe 20 or 25, I'm not sure. And theirs are a little different because I think they, you know, like in their sea brisket boxes, and I think they cut, you know, you'll see the slices like a normal box, and then there'll be two slices down to where there's, three pieces on the same slice. So there might be 25 little pieces in there or whatever. That's kind of the most different in Texas, but IBCA has been around for 25, 30 years. Um, when I first started cooking, they were the largest um, sanctioning body in Texas, the predominant one. 
So I did a lot of IBCA cook-offs. Um, I was the 2020 IBCA cook of the year, cook of the year in brisket, cook of the year in ribs. And 21, man, it was a lot of change and drama for lack of better words. But uh, fast forward and you have CBA, you know, some that kind of, it, it just happened. And Fred started CBA with some other folks. And CBA is a little bit more geared toward, you know, it's more similar to KCBS. And the fact that it does have pork, so you have four categories, chicken, ribs, pork, and brisket. Uh, the difference being they still judge with a knife and a fork. You know, you don't pick the pieces up. So CBAs had tremendous growth in the past two years. I think they're sanctioning 80 or 90 events this year, and they're less than two years old. So the growth has been tremendous. They bring a lot of excitement. They have walk-up music at awards for each individual team which is way cool. Yes, it is. <laughs> a lot of energy in the crowd. And so, I mean, that's, that's cool. And I mean, I think that's the kind of stuff barbecue needs to grow, man. You, you look at everything grows and evolves and you either grow and evolve or you don't. But when you bring those kind of things to it, it excites people and hopefully, you know, gets new people into the sport. Numbers are down all over the country, 20, 30% at cook-off. So um, it's good to see some positive things going on in those aspects and uh, see where that goes. Lone Star Barbecue Society, LSBS, has been around quite a while. I'm not sure how many years, but I actually did a bunch of those this year, too. I live in the hill country of Texas, and they seem to have a lot of cook-offs out here, and they have a lot of state championships, too, so kind of helps to um, get bunks for the Jack. That's exactly right. So it's a lot of different options uh, in the state of Texas, and you know, I think one of the questions I get a lot of is, well, how do we even start? How do we do this? What do we do? And I think you'd mentioned it earlier, and that is just sign up for a competition. Yeah. Figure out a yeah. name later. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much, man. I advise that to anybody. Like, what can someone do to improve their cooking game? Go cook. You know, the, right. like the like the worst thing you can do to me is don't cook. <laughs> you know, you're going to learn something, you know, you're either going to have success or you're going to screw it up royally and then figure out how to not screw it up. Just getting out there and going cooking is a really, really good start, man. The barbecue world's big. Um, and most all of us are approachable. So if, if, if you're on the fence, man, I don't really know, just reach out to these people. Everybody would be willing to help you and, and kind of just no different than I did. And I didn't even know barbecue competitions exist until I had someone say, Hey, yeah, these things exist, and I've done some. Here, I'll kind of show you what I know. That's right. And it's a huge help, and there's a lot of people out there that would that would help with that. And, of course, you got classes, you know. There's tons of classes. But that being said, and I think it's nice to kind of get your feet wet, you know, maybe go do, I don't know how many comps, you know, six, ten, whatever. Get your brain around it. If you If you don't do any comps and you go take my class, Man, I don't know how effective that's going to be. It's a high, it's 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 a it's a it's a high level class. I'm not really teaching anybody how to start a fire, or run a fire. You know, it's expected, <laughs> right? right? Um, it, it's it's how to win at, at an elite level to keep you in the sport. Man, we're spending eight hundred dollars, thousand dollars a weekend. Man, you come home with no prize money, and you do that every week of the month. Man, all of a sudden you got a man, you're a house note in. You know, four thousand dollars a month with no return. So uh, my class is designed to help people get return on their money, walk, make money, be more consistent. That's my goal. When I, I do a class, it's, it's a tell all, man. It's always my, my current go-to whatever I'm cooking a cook off the next 
that weekend, this is what I would be cooking. So that's that's the goal for my classes. Um, I take a lot of pride in it. And I want whoever comes to take my class, I enjoy seeing them have success afterwards. So speaking of class, you've got one coming up in January. What are the details around that that we can share with our listeners? Yeah, for sure. So, um, and we're almost full on that. I think we got a couple seats left, but we do have a class in January. It's in Bandera, Texas. It's a Saturday and Sunday class. Class will start at 4 p.m. on Saturday, and it'll end on uh, uh, normally 4 to like 9 o'clock Friday. I mean, sorry, Saturday. And then Sunday is like 6 to 3 or 4. I run it exactly. You know, it's almost like it's a it's basically a shadow class for my cook-off. You know, you're, you're full access to everything. I'm All I'm doing is the same thing I would do at a cook-off. Right. And I think that is the best translation to a student to make it make sense. And I've done them a couple of different ways. I've done it like all in one day, but that's kind of tough because then your brain has to separate, oh yeah, I really need to do that the day before. So I just start with my normal Friday afternoon routine. I'll go through meat selection, meat trim, uh, making the injections, injecting the meat, get, getting done with what I normally do on a Friday and then turn around Saturday and run my normal cook. So you know, totally transparent and ask all the questions you want. And what were the dates on that again in January? January 7th and 8th, off the top of my head. should be the, uh, as long as that's a Saturday and Sunday. I think that's the dates. That weekend. It is, and I, and I believe uh, they're, they're, uh, the link to sign up for that is at, is at LC Barbecue's website, and we'll include that in the show notes uh, yeah, for our listeners. That. That's correct. It is, there's a, um, you can sign up for our class directly off our website. We have several different options. You can do a class deposit to hold your seat and then pay the balance later. Um, have a spouse option. So they're directly on our website. If you'd like to sign up or reach out to me, you know, people message me all the time. Got questions, let me know. I love it. So hopefully our listeners are, are absorbing all of this and realizing that really not just not just Phil, but everyone that we've had on the show, you know, it's a, it's a family and 99% of folks are very open to help others succeed. Of course, you're going to have that 1%. that's not going to help you. I know as a newbie myself, I haven't been turned down yet and I hear no for a living. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's part of the deal, but I have, I have not been, no one's told me no yet. And, and I do, you know, ask a lot of questions. So one thing I wanted to camp out on though is growth. And I think this is a fascinating topic at least in my opinion, is you talked about, you know, how across the country, not just Texas, you know, across the country, Southeast, Northeast, out West, you name it, we've seen numbers lower, 20, 30% lower at these competitions, sometimes more. I've had a couple of, of, of you know, big time cookers on the show. Brad Leininger is one of them. And we chatted about growth. And I'm curious, just from your perspective, you know, what can we as teams do to bridge that gap that I think exists between the competitors and the patrons? Yeah, um, man, good question. You know, I, I would I would start off that by saying, at least to what I think of why the numbers are down from last year, you know, it kind of really seemed to start in COVID, right? So that kind of like started the ball rolling for the decline you know, you shut down all these cookoffs nearly to 100%. But, you know, there were a few and you could find some, but it was really difficult for that six month time frame mm-hmm. to be able to find cookoffs. Um, I, I still did 35 cookoffs in 2020 and 
you know, there was a lot of portion of that time where there just were none to go to. I think that really started this trend. And you follow that up with, you know, $5 diesel, $4 gas or whatever. You know, you go to the grocery store, aside from barbecue and, you know, $150, $200 briskets, man, just go buy a box of cereal. It's not $3 anymore. So uh, I think outside of barbecue alone, everyone in America is feeling a pinch. You know, then to go uh, spend $1,000 on a weekend and make 80 bucks, and that's that's not going to last long for a lot of people. So the cost just being so high right now is definitely not helping it. You know, you look at other sports, we're self-funded, you know, most of the time. Right. Uh, there's a few cook-offs that do a really good job of getting sponsor money and added money. But most of the time, man, we're paid off of entry fees, right? So for the sport really to grow, I think it's going to take things like, you know, I like to parallel it to like PBR, professional bull riding. To me, if I think back like 20 years ago, man, PBR isn't what it is today. You know, now they've got fireworks, you know, they go to Las Vegas, they have the finals and man, there's walk up music, there's big stage, pyro stuff. And man, it's just, you know, larger than life. And there's a lack of that in the barbecue world. I mean, it's cool, but the barbecue pit master stuff that was done 10 years ago ish or whenever that was, was exciting, man. That, I remember watching that stuff. I remember those people. And there hasn't been a lot of that in 10 years or however long there's been isolated stuff. You know, last year, the Food Network came out with Barbecue USA. And I think that, as you know, <laughs> right. it's super exciting, right? Being on TV is a, is a lure to the sport that's going to bring new people into it. Season twos ago, they're already working on it. You know, they just got through filming me and Carmen for two, and Reed for two whole days at the Royal. So, man, it's exciting to know they're bringing that back. And I, I think that's the kind of energy and that's the kind of things that that need to be interjected into our sport to help out with the growth that and man like along the lines of pbr you look at those bull riders man they got monster on their jackets they've got i, I don't know but like you name it there's there's big money going into that right that's you know those guys win a contest it's 100 grand every weekend or whatever it is and that used to not be that way bull riding 30 years ago man, you might make 10 grand so right. I think those are the kind of things that will make our sport grow to the next level. As long as we're self-funded, then we're always going to be what it is. Right. And I think it's trying to figure out, and this is something I've tried to crack the code on, is figuring out how do you go from self-funded to partially funded to fully funded, right? <laughs> now you talked about the PBR. Now I'm not expecting, you know, Monster to be on our T-shirt or anything anytime soon, but you know, for me, one of the things that I kept hearing, and again, I'm a, you know, I'm a little over a year into this. I kept hearing, you can't make any money in competition barbecue. And for the most part, I would agree with that, you know, for the most part. However, I'm wired that if I keep hearing, you can't do X, and I keep hearing it over and over again, I'm going to really start to question why I can't. <laughs> and try to figure out a way or crack the code. And I think to some degree, you figured out part of that code, maybe not all the code, but part of that code in that, you know, that you've got your injections and rubs and, and classes. And I think that's a way to generate some revenue off of your passion. Because to your point, 
you know, passion is great. You know, I think all of us in competition barbecue are passionate about cooking and serving others and barbecue in general, but passion doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> you know, so for me trying to figure out, okay, how do you make this sustainable? Right. Cause you gave the example of, well, if you're spending a thousand a weekend and you're making 80 bucks, the math just doesn't work. I mean, it's sure. only a matter of time. Right. And so yeah. I think it's not unless you're independently wealthy, but you know, then it's just statistics and most of us aren't. So that's right. Yeah. And I've seen, you know, obviously I've seen folks go the restaurant route. I've seen folks go the rub and, and, and injection route which is the route you've gone, look it into the future, you know, 2023, 2024 and beyond. What else is in store? What can we expect from LC Barbecue? So for me, um, I'm going to keep working on the line. I've got, like I said, uh, I think five products I'm working on now. I mean, they could all drop in. Uh, it's going to take me at least a few months to drop the, any of them, but they probably won't be, they won't be finished that way. So I'm always working on something. The, the the comp world is my playground, for lack of better words, to develop products. You know, man, you can cook things at home all the time. And man, it's the, your family's going to tell you they're so awesome and this and that. But man, until the judges either agree with them or don't disagree with them, that's real data for me. You know, that's that's the same data you're going to get, right? We've got a couple of rubs we're working on. I've got a turkey injection I'm working on. I hope to have it released this year. It's only like three years I've been working on it. It's probably not going to happen, but I do expect it to be ready next year for the holidays. And that's kind of aside from competition. However, Turkey smoke has grown. So there you have that um, sauces on the agenda at some point, eh, it might be a couple years down the road. So I'm just going to continue to grow the line to meet. You know, my target market is, com is competitors, competition, barbecue, you know, people that want to make their products better and, and please a judge and win. <laughs> we all know that, there's bleed over into the backyard world, which is where the mass of the numbers are. And most of the time, the backyard guy wants to do what the pros want to do. Obviously, if it works in a competition, man, your, your, your house is probably going to be pretty happy with it. King of the cul-de-sac, we call it. So that's right. Uh, <laughs> so that, that's kind of where LC Barbecue's plans over, I guess, the next few years is, is headed and always subject to change. You know, we're full steam ahead. Keep growing. That's the business plan. I love it. So as we wind down the show, to remind our listeners again, make sure you follow LC Barbecue. They're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, I think as well. I think I saw you guys on, or maybe not yet. Man, I think so. I think my kids might have set it up and they might have done three or four different ones. So I don't know how to log into TikTok. And I, I, I do run my own Instagram and Facebook account. So I have LC Barbecue Facebook account. I've got Philip Breeden Facebook account, my personal and then I've got my Instagram account, which I'm not really good at Instagram because it's confusing to me, but I try hard. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Anything beyond that's going to be like a hard position of like, you do it. <laughs> that's right. And one more time, our website, your website for our listeners, lcbbqshop.com. Last question for you, Phil. What parting words of wisdom do you have for those listening that are loving barbecue and thinking about getting into it. Competition barbecue, that is. Man, get out there and go do a competition. Man, fall on your face or go win, it doesn't matter. Man, I, that's a that's the number one thing I suggest for a person. Talk to your friends and just go do one. You'll you'll figure out real quick if it's for you or not. You know, the, the barbecue family, the, the the world of barbecue, you say 1%, 1%. <laughs> 
Third, I think it's a lot lower than 1%. Um, I don't know how many, and, and that's a great example. I only say that because, man, I, I can't, thousands of people I know in the barbecue world. And man, I can count on one hand of those guys I really don't want to talk to again. You know what I mean? It's such sure. a stick, you know, and it's, it's incredible that, that those numbers are that staggering of, a, of just a good world of good people and good times. And if, and if it weren't for the people in this sport, man, I'd be doing something different. You know, it's the people that make it for me. Seeing those people, if I don't win, I'm watching my buddies win. Man, it's just a, a good, wholesome environment that yeah, you don't even have to be. A, if you don't want to be a barbecue comp guy, man, you probably like to eat barbecue. So, right. man, it's just a lot of coolness. <laughs> Who don't like barbecue? Go do a comp. I love it. Well, Phil, we appreciate you coming on the show, sir. And uh, look forward to hopefully seeing you on the trail sometime soon. Hey. Appreciate you having me, Kurt. Thank you so much for listening to Barbecue for Newbies. Make sure to share this episode with a buddy who's looking to get into barbecue. Follow us for more on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And last but not least, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Chat with you next time.